those who can hear me, I say, do not despair. The misery that is now upon us is but the passing of greed, the bitterness of men who fear the way of human progress. The hate of men will pass and dictators die, and the power they took from the people will return to the people. And so long as men die, liberty will never perish. Soldiers, don't give yourselves to brutes. Men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, tell you what to do, what to think, and what to feel, who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men with machine minds and machine hearts. You are not machines. You are not cattle. You are men. Welcome everybody, this is Room Tone, the radio show, and here we are talking movies because we love it on 100.5 FM Cop Radio. Let's do it, let's head dive right into it, let's make it happen. Today, with us, we are joined, everybody, raise your hands for Laurel Brown and Rihanna Toy. How are you doing today? Yeah, we're doing great. Amazing, amazing. Really good, really good to, to, to hear from both of you now. Um, I want to ask you, what brought you here to the radio show today? What, what brought <laughs> us here? I think it was you, Ruggiero. <laughs> That's uh, a good answer right you there. You and your right enthusiasm. <laughs> let's it's do lovely. it. Let's do it. Okay, so we have something really, really interesting happening soon. And uh, Laura Brown, director of uh, Independent Film Festival Cinema Spectacular. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what's happening soon? Yeah, so uh, March 24th at the Van City Theater, um, a little something called Cinema Spectacular is happening, um, which is a festival of short Canadian content um, celebrating people who make projects with high passion and low budgets. Amazing. Oh, I love hearing that. And Rihanna, we're probably here today. What's going on? Yeah, so I'm a filmmaker, and this year I've got a film in Cinema Spectacular. And I've got to say, I've gone to this festival before, and I don't think it's a little something. I think it's a big something. It's a really great festival to go to, so I'm so excited to be a part of it this year. That's really good to hear. Thank you for sharing that. And let me ask you the biggest question of all. Who are you? Yes, it's a big question. A Do you want to take it away, Laurel? <laughs> I, I guess I, I guess I could. Um, who am I? That's such an open-ended question. Um, I am Laurel Brown. Um, I'm the festival director of Cinema Spectacular. Um, I started it in 2014 because I felt the need to, and it's kind of rolled forward, and it's become more and more of a thing every year. Um, I'm also a local cinematographer and videographer, so that is what I do. Nice. What inspired you to start the festival? Um, I had a short coming out of film school that I had uh, nowhere to screen. Um, and I knew lots of other people who also had little projects on the go. So I kind of collected people and projects. And that first year was just whoever had projects available. And that's how it started. The next year we opened up our submissions nationally. and. That's that's how we continue today. Right on, right on. And Rihanna, how about you? What's your story? All right, my story. Well, I am currently an editor and co-owner of a video production company, and it's also a marketing agency called See Together Media. And I'm also a filmmaker when I when I can be, when I've got the time. Um, and this year, like I mentioned, I've got a film called Cerisa 26 in Cinema Spectacular. Nice. What is the yeah. film about? Uh, Cerisa 26, yeah, so through the company, See Together Media, we were filming uh, the Vines Art Festival, which is a really cool local arts festival, and there was this really young performance artist there named Cerisa. So she was doing this performance um, 
about how she feels like she's got all these different personalities inside of her. So we decided to contact her later on and make a film version of it. But what's kind of interesting is not only did we film her performance, but afterwards we just kept filming and she was there performing it for her friends and we kind of saw how she embodied these personalities that she was performing about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So there kinda, you go. It kind of just happened. It was. Uh, well, that's that's yeah. the beauty of it. it when it's organic, yeah. when it's natural, it just happens. You know, that's 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 the beauty of the process. Uh, yeah. Many times, you know. This being said, I want to ask you. You know, there are so many festivals out there, but this one really seems to stand out because it really amplifies the voice of Canadian cinema and especially independent Canadian cinema. I want to ask you, what are the the values that that to you as a festival director matter the most? I think um, to me, and that's kind of gotten baked into our festival the past few years, has has been um, the importance of Canadian stories um, and how little they kind of get their own platform to stand on. Because often um, Canadian film is kind of relegated as like, that was shot in Canada or that was made in Canada mm -hmm. or Canadian film is all the same. Which is crazy because it's it's not. There's so many different people in this country, and there's so many different stories. And as soon as you start to look even a little bit, you'll get a crazy amount of experimentation and um, passion and that's in, interesting things. And it's and it's great. The diversity. So yeah. that's that's what struck you in a, a way. The diversity. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, that being said, you know, something that is, um, I find extremely uh, fascinating is how someone like you who has an idea here in Vancouver can really follow through and give a voice to mm -hmm. more filmmakers. Yeah. What were the challenges of putting together an independent <laughs> film festival just on your own? There's new challenges every year. Um, the first year I did it by myself because I'm like, I guess this is just a thing that we're doing. <laughs> um, everyone throw in 25 bucks. It's great. Um, since then, um, uh, right after our first festival, um, Alexander Caulfield, who's now my festival partner and a dear friend of mine, hopped on board and has been my festival partner ever since. Um, we rely on a lot of volunteers. We rely on people to uh, coordinate volunteers. Like, your community comes for you when you kind of build something good and build something useful and something that people see value in. Um, do you believe that uh, things have evolved in some way for Cinema Spectacular? I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> we work really hard at it every year. Like, I learn so much about it every year because it's not only like curating a festival. It's also like, I was talking to Rihanna earlier, I, like this year I was learning WordPress and that was just my learning <laughs> curve for the year. Um, but it's also doing social media, doing like all sorts of legwork, trying to get people there, trying to get filmmakers to submit, trying to make sure that the community's voices are heard um doing and posters doing I have so to many say, things yeah i have to say you guys have done a really good job you know when uh, even checking your website out and we'll probably put the link into the description of the podcast mm. and you know we'll make sure that people can can check that out mm -hmm. you know i look at how all the filmmakers that are part of the festival are empowered there is literally a section dedicated to every filmmaker and that's where i want to talk with rihanna about that and how you feel about being part of a festival like this one in vancouver Oh yeah, it's really cool. It's really cool and I really appreciate how Cinema Spectacular does empower myself and, and all of the filmmakers because you can tell there's really an appreciation for the art and for the emerging artists and really a support behind you. So it's really great. 
That's really good yeah. to hear. You know, like I feel that's that's the magic of the Vancouver film community in a way. You know, it's so intimate and at the same time it really uh, cares for itself. You know, it's it's a beautiful cycle that that nurtures itself and keeps nurturing itself. And we look at a really really broad. Uh, stroke and it's a big slice people coming from lo all over the world and then they join the community and here we are so many beautiful things happen I want to ask you what's your goal for the your own personal festival and your own personal career as a filmmaker and how do you see that in relation to the community here in Vancouver uh, well for me I would love I, I like I love it when our audience kind of comes together and you see people you know people you don't know people that haven't been there before people from like newspaper people from newspapers other filmmakers actors all that stuff i love when that comes together on the day and just everyone's there to just enjoy the afternoon mm -hmm. and so like one of my goals just for this year is see it as many different people there as i possibly can to kind of enjoy this program and some live music in the same space together for, for the people out there when and where is the festival happening uh the festival's happening at the van city theater um on sunday march 24th um at three o'clock amazing doors, doors open at three so amazing independent uh, canadian uh, film all over the place at the van city on mm -hmm. sunday 24th at 3 p.m amazing 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 how about you rihanna what about your goals in relation right. to the community here? Yeah, so I've really spent the last couple of years building my business with my husband. Um, and sort of, it, it took me a little bit out of filmmaking because obviously building a business is its, uh, has its own challenges, much like building a festival, I'm sure. But now I'm coming back into my filmmaking career. And really my goals right now are just to follow my intuition and go forward with the projects that feel right. And in terms of the community, I mean, obviously filmmaking requires multiple people uh, you know you need many people to make this one thing so it's lovely to be within this community of passionate people in Vancouver and I just want to get to know more people and you know work together more and luckily I've already got a little bit of um kind of a circle or a community around me of people and I'm looking forward as well to working with them more so it's really great it's really supportive for sure mm -hmm. I want to I want to ask you something uh, you know this is a uh, in relation to your artistic background, you know, has film always been your big thing, or how has it? The, how has your personality molded throughout time? Uh, has it been uh, something you've always wanted to do since the beginning? For me, pretty much. When I was a lot younger, I wanted to be a writer, and then I realized that actually filmmaking is. Um, I don't, I don't want to say stronger, but in some ways a more accessible medium for you to spread your message. So I've really felt like that for a long time. And straight out of high school, I went to film school and here I am. So yes. <laughs> yeah. And that's what led you here to Vancouver in the first exactly. place. There you go. Yeah. Is it the same thing for you, Laura? Yeah, very, very similar. Um, I started wanting to be a director and then I kind of moved to writing. And then I went back to directing. Then after a couple years of film school, I'm like, the cinematography is where it's at. And then <laughs> the film festival just kind of evolved kind of alongside. Mm -hmm. so, Interesting. Yeah. Somehow film, uh, you know, plants, plants the seed in you and then it, whatever grows, grows, you know, mm -hmm. that's, how, that's how it is. That's the beauty of it, following the flow. What is, where do you see yourself in five years? Five years from now. Don't be afraid to dream. Come on, <laughs> let it all out. Let the big dream out. Come on. Uh, five, five years. It seems like so far. 
Um, I'd love to still be doing the festival in five years. Um, I would love to be traveling with the festival in five years. Um, and I'd love to be doing more cinematography, like being able to do that full-time or close to full-time would be mm-hmm. okay. pretty good. Hold on, hold on. You yeah. said I want to travel with the festival. What do you uh-huh. mean with that? That's really cool. <laughs> I like the sound of that. What do you mean with that? So something that's kind of been in the backs of our heads for a while um, has been that we want to travel with the festival, keep it a single-day festival, um, but take it across the country. And that's something that's we're just trying to figure out how do we take the first steps to do that because right now it seems monumental just in terms of time and money um do we write grants for it do we just ask favors from theaters across the nation um so it's it's definitely still like a very bottom step of that goal but it's it's a dream. Interesting. Well, dream. we need the dreams. They fuel ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, we need they, that. They we do. need that dream. Rihanna, they what do. about you? In five years, the big five dream. Five years. Beach in Hawaii. <laughs> 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 no, I'm just kidding. Um, there's a web series that has been percolating in my mind. I'm almost at pre-production, so that will be thriving. I will have many episodes of that. Mm. I'm going to be working on a feature documentary, or perhaps done it in five years. Amazing! Let's I say think that you'll be working. Let's on say it, that you've done <laughs> yeah, two you do that feature documentaries in five years. <laughs> Maybe two. What's the documentary about? Um, you know, I don't want to say too much about it right now, okay, but I okay. do have a, a subject in mind, and it's about. Um, it's similar to the web series. Perhaps I can talk about that. Yeah, let's uh, do as make it happen. Yeah, so it's about going to be about spiritual seekers, actually tentatively titled Seekers. And it will be profiles on people that are doing things that are a little bit off the cuff to improve themselves as people. Mm, okay, it's yeah. uh, it's a human exp- <laughs> it's a, the exploration of humanity exactly. in many ways from yeah. a from a spiritual viewpoint in a yeah, way. Very pe- interesting. People that are just doing things that you know society would thinks really strange or really really weird, but they're just pushing it and doing what they intuitively feel is right. Okay, yeah. there you go. What motivated you to, to think about that? Um, yeah, actually, over the past year, I've been doing a lot of seeking on my own, and I've met a lot of people who really inspire me to become a better person. So I feel like I want to share their stories with the world. They inspire me, so hopefully they can inspire others. Very good, very good. There you go. That's that's uh, that, that, that sounds that's like really a plan cool. for both of you. There you go. <laughs> Maybe we'll touch base in a few years, and all of this uh, will have already happened. You know, Let's you never do it. know. Yes. You gotta put that pin mark. You gotta pin that thought on the wall. You know, and every day go back to it. You know, that's yeah. part of the game. <laughs> well, let me ask you, where were you five years ago? Opa, traveling five years time. ago. How, how old am I now? <laughs> Were we in school five years ago? How long ago did we graduate? <laughs> I don't think so, but Laurel and I did go to film school together. We went to SFU. Um, how so was that? It was really lovely. They have um, a small program there, um, mm-hmm. but very, very intense. And um, I think that's when you're talking about community, at least for myself, that's where community really started. And a lot of those people I still work with. I actually just recently shot a documentary with a good friend, Joel Salase, um, who I went to film school with. Amazing. Yes, yeah. for sure. Networking community, you know, yeah. coming together, nurturing that passion. Now, there seems to be this very interesting angle for the both of you, you know, and I want to hear where you've been where, and where you were five years ago as well. Not only with, mm. you know, not only here, you know, in Vancouver or, or studying or preparing for school, but in general, where your mindset was. Did you expect to be here five years ago? I don't think so. I think I was I was probably just getting out of school and probably scrambling a little bit as to what I was going to do with the rest of my 
time in life, so it was probably more of a bit of an ethereal time. <laughs> I can't put a pin in exactly what was happening. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, I don't think I would have seen myself. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if I thought the festival would go this long. Um, so you see, this is an awesome thing, you know, because uh, that really explains how surprising life can be, you know, that's the, it, life can be very unpredictable and very surprising and many times in a good way. You know, that's why we got to pin that thought on the wall. You know what I mean? We got to <laughs> pin that thought right there. We got to make it happen. Look at it every day. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, that being said, you know, we have um, we have quite a good time, you know, for we are in a really good time. Uh, 2019, it's an amazing year for films and filmmaking here in Vancouver. There is so much growing, you know, so much happening. What do you expect for the film community in Vancouver here? What would you like to see in the community that maybe is not there yet? I would love to see um, a little more, I don't know what to call it, because everyone's kind of tr trying to manifest this, um, but a little more support for Canadian projects, because a lot of the headlines, a lot of the news, a lot of people talk about um, all the work there is here, which is great, but a lot of it is American work, a lot of it is below the line, behind the camera work being paid by by America and it's it's a lot of the CW shows it's a lot of the Hallmark movies which are all great and they pay a lot of bills and they get a lot of people's feet in a lot of doors um, but I know there's a ton of talent here and like the more we can uh, support each other in telling telling our own stories um, and kind of being a self-generating uh, mm. creative talent mill because there's there's just infinite talent here there's infinite talent in Canada mm -hmm. um, and I wish there was a little more attention to mm -hmm. that especially with like the headlines that you know I see do you agree with that Rihanna I agree yeah 100% mm -hmm. do you feel like uh, there is not enough space for for Canadian content here in Vancouver that's a that's a that's an interesting uh, um, that's an interesting uh, statement, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, from the point of view of someone who's coming from Italy, you know, I see personally a lot of opportunities for Canadian people and Canadian content, right? And, and you know, and of course, that's the process, right? How can I tap into that realm of possibilities and opportunities, right? Because in Italy, we don't have all of all of this, you know, mm -hmm. there is nothing like Story Hive, there is nothing like Crazy Ace, there is nothing like so many other grants, telephone, nah, there is nothing like that, you know, it's just like, you want to make something, go make it happen, bye, bello, bye, but the way, the way things happen here, there is a care, you know, so it's, it's interesting for me to hear that, you know, uh, there is, there is, there is that thirst, you know, for more opportunities and I think also because we have so much time ahead of us, you know, in the community and in the industry, we really want to put our foot in the door and, and leave a mark, you know, and sometimes even as soon as possible because we're hungry for it, right? Mm -hmm. How much hunger has played a role so far in your own career? Um, well, I guess that's the reason that we get up and do things, <laughs> get up and go make those films, um, whether it's just by ourselves or for free or pulling in favors or just making it happen um, which is really important to I think any art um, is just going out and doing it or going out and getting it um, in whatever way you can so you know yeah if I could just go back to what you were saying Make it happen. before um, 
Yeah, I, I can see what you're saying about there being more opportunities. And I think for me as well, it's about desiring more opportunities for Canadian work to be seen and distributed. Mm, so that's why something like Cinema Spectacular, at least for me, is really important because it's another channel where you can view Canadian work. So yes, there are opportunities to make the work, but then who sees this stuff? I right? see. That's a good <laughs> yeah. distinction. And, and I think that that's where we really open one of the biggest conversation about filmmaking because distribution is probably the most precious and the most articulate game of all, right? Because that's where, that's where you end up understanding if you can make the next film or not, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, with that being said, you know, I want to ask you, what do you think are the ways we as independent filmmakers can distribute our work and make a profit? That's a question. That's a tough question. It's tough. It's tough, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the truth, you know. We can't escape the truth. We gotta go to the truth. <laughs> we gotta go to the reality, you know. So that's how it is. That that's true. And that, like that's something um, that's kind of an ongoing research point for me is not only Canadian film history, but why so many Canadian films have fizzled on the national and international market. And it does almost always come down to distribution. A Canadian film does well at a festival. Um, nationally and internationally and you hear about it you hear about it you hear about it as soon as it's out of that festival as soon as it's out of theaters you never hear about it again and it's difficult because I don't know I'm in the process of learning more about the business of distribution and like there's no single answer that will fix our distribution problem um, other than just saying like a little more attention needs to be paid and like a little more planning ahead of time before the film gets made as the film's getting made to help ease a film into the distribute like into distro because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's where people that's where people make their money that's where people get some clout that's where people meet other people and you know get to travel get to make more work um and i think canada is like really missing that that's a really good point so. do you think it's uh, and i want to ask this to rihanna as well do you think this is a responsibility of the canadian community the canadian film community or mm -hmm. a responsibility of the filmmaker or distributor i'm genuinely curious uh, about yeah. this you know i, I ask because I, I'm, I'm personally very very curious to hear about this and, and just create a discussion around it right i mean i've heard both sides and i'm not quite sure if i really have a strong opinion at this point um i mean yeah, right Right now what I would say is I do feel there is some responsibility from the Canadian community, from the Canadian government to provide opportunities for there to be Canadian work to be seen. Um, otherwise, I feel like work coming out of the U.S. is really dominating and we're losing these diverse voices and like Laurel mentioned, this, this infinite talent that's coming out of the country. But at the same time, it's not just about the government or relying on these other people at the same time, it is about these individual filmmakers thinking creatively and outside of the box about how they can have their work seen and how they can make a profit. So it's a little bit of both, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. there, that's a, that's yeah, a really good answer that. right there. It seems like uh, we have to find that meeting space. Yes. You know? We need to find that spot where we can talk about it you know, without having secrets. You know, mm -hmm. And I think that that's what's really creating so much friction as well. You know, there are of course, people know things that other people don't know. And, and the point of having secrets is, is, of course, benefiting from those secrets. So it's always trying to figure out how to get to understand how it works from within, from the outside. It, it's, it's, it could be could look as confusing as, as, as anything out there. But from within, there is an order, you know, there is a there is a method. And I think that's also the game of the filmmaker, you know. Right now we have the responsibility to tap into distribution, you know. And we have to know everything from pre-production, development, funding, all the way to making the actual film and then distributing it, 
marketing it and that's a lot of tasks for for you know one single person right mm-hmm. uh, and and you know and you look at that even if you build a team you know uh, the organizations and you know everything that 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 is out there that could support you you know um, that's another ball game as well there have been amazing amazing successful stories of filmmakers there is a filmmaker called Christopher Rufo who made 1.5 million dollars self-distributing his own documentary you know and and I feel like those stories we need to hook on as independent filmmakers we need to be inspired by that because there is a space for us out there to tell our stories and show our stories and and you know and you know make a living out of it because sometimes you know we can't close an eye on the financial aspect of it that being said you know this is this has been an amazing conversation so far and I think we need to take a little break uh, it's time for us to take a little break here at Room Tone, the radio show. Uh, talking movies every Thursday at 11 a.m. here at Co-op Radio 100.5 FM. We're going to catch up right after the break. And we're going to go with a one-minute pitch. So get your pitches ready, and we're going to make it happen. Uh, this being said, this is the right time for shout-outs. You want to go for some shout-outs right now? Uh, other than my film festival that you should come to on March 24th? Um, that's kind of my my one shout out shout out to cinema spectacular <laughs> yeah. amazing <laughs> there you go right on well this is paco de lucia everybody enjoy la niña de puerta oscura
Welcome back, everybody. This is uh, Room Tone, the radio show, and here we are talking movies because we love it on Call Radio 100.5 FM. Here, we are joined by Laura Brown and Rihanna Toy talking about Cinema Spectacular. What is Cinema Spectacular? Cinema Spectacular is um, a local film festival that celebrates short Canadian content made with low budgets and high passion. Um, we've been around, this is our sixth year, which is really crazy, um, and we really want to champion uh, Canadian-made stories. So Amazing. Sunday, 24th of March at 3 p.m., Van yep. City Theatre, correct? Yep. Amazing. All Precious right. Theatre in town. <laughs> Amazing. Well, that being said, we just played Paco de Lucia, mm -hmm. and I want to ask you, Laura, why do you choose the soundtrack of The Life Aquatic? The Life Aquatic, it kind of bubbled to the top of my head when you uh, requested a soundtrack because... Um, it's important for me right now because Life Aquatic, the first time I watched it, didn't land with me. But as I age, I watch it every couple years and it becomes increasingly more relevant to me. Um, and the soundtrack is also a lot of fun. So it kind of it takes me back to various times in my life that I've listened to the soundtrack, that I've watched the movie. Um, it just, it's, very, it's very close to my soul, mm -hmm. I think. Feels like sometimes the most successful movies are the ones that function as a common thread throughout yeah, your life, it's right? A, it's a real slow burn. What about you, Rihanna? Your movie? My movie? My, yeah. my common thread movie? Um, one of my favorite movies is Miranda July's You and Me and Everyone We Know. I don't even quite know why. It's a very quirky human movie with um, a very abstract way of looking at things, and I just love it. And it every year... Um, doesn't change. I continue to love it. Mm -hmm. It's a ritual, in a way, every year to watch yeah. it and just... There, there's certain films that I have that I'm just... There's something so... That I can personally attach myself to them where, yes, I can watch them even in times when I'm having a hard time in life or something like that. Just watching this film brings me back to a place of, of joy and inspiration. Very good. Yeah. Good to hear. Good to hear. All right. It's time for the one-minute pitch. Are you ready? Let's make it happen. All, All right. right. Um, let me set it up over here. Who's going first? Laura, are you going first? Okay, you're pointing at me, kind of. So I, I will go you're first. Okay, okay perfect. Okay. Rihanna, all right. We're going to hit that clock one minute from now. Okay, I'm going to tell you a little bit about my business, See Together Media, and something we're prototyping called Impact Projects. So impact projects are where we will not only make video or marketing campaign for a business organization, but in the process, we will also create impact. So what that might mean is recently we did a project with Pacific Autism Family Network. Not only did we make a marketing piece for them, so marketing video, but we hired people within their community who have autism and are facing barriers to employment to make that video. So impact was created during the process and then also after through making this video and, and marketing them. Good, and that's How the pitch right there. Oh, and you One can minute. learn more well, about us. Can I keep going? Yeah, let's <laughs> get that <laughs> clock up again. Uh, <laughs> you're so kind. Our website is seetogethermedia.com. That's S-E-E, seetogethermedia. Amazing. Thank We're going to put that in the description of the podcast for sure. Ah, uh, that's you. a really neat idea right there. Um, very, very, um, very aware, you know, a very, uh, very uh, saturated idea, you know, so many concepts in there. And still, they seem to come together so well in, in the project that you just mentioned. What were the challenges also in making that happen? Ah, um, challenges just because it's such a new thing when you're in business 
it makes it a lot easier if you can create a formula for what you're doing. So if I have a video I need to market, this is, this is what it looks like, this is the system to make the video, this is the system to promote the video, which is what we also do, uh, online promotion. But when you're going in and now you have to teach all of these people how to make videos and you've never done this before, you've never worked with these people, it's a whole new system. So it's something where you really have to take it as it comes and innovate and prototype. So that's, that's the biggest challenge. Amazing. High five for that. Oh, that's, thank you. <laughs> that's really neat. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to ex uh, learning more about that. Really, really neat. Laurel, one minute pitch. Are you ready? Okay. Okay. I'm going <laughs> I, to go for it. Are you ready? I'm uh, ready enough. And hitting that clock one minute from now. Okay. I'm going to pitch my film festival because you haven't heard about enough. So <laughs> Cinema Spectacular is uh, a one-day celebration of short Canadian content. Um, it's a festival run by filmmakers for filmmakers. Um, we do support filmmakers year-round. We promote them year-round. Um, anyone who's screened with us gets free submissions for life. That's one of our new deals. Um, but our program's really great this year. It's great every year, but it's it's always something different. As an audience member, like if you don't like one film, you will like the next one. It's a real bag, mixed bag of diversity and good things and challenging stories and good stories. Y'all should be there. Sunday, March 24th at 3 o'clock at the Van City Theater. Amazing. High five for that. <laughs> And the two one-minute pitches are completed. Now it's time to step into the Proust questionnaire. So Proust wrote down 35 questions, and we're going to pick five randomly out of those 35, believing that, you know, he wrote them down, believing that they would uh, help identify the true self. Oh, gosh. So it's time to, <laughs> so deep. To, to head dive again right into it. Dive deep. And the first question that I want to ask to the both of you, what is your greatest fear? Boy. We're starting. I got deep. Yeah, that, that just, yeah that we're, just, we just, we just whoop, straight into down the deep. That got deep. <laughs> okay. um, um, honestly, death. Okay. <laughs> death. You want to get get deep? Top ten. Uh, being judged and being alone. And I think that's actually yeah. all our greatest fear. We just might pretend it's not. <laughs> Interesting. All right, Laura. What do you think? Uh, failure. Even though it's important, it's an important step of life. We still fear it. Um, also, I have an irrational fear of mold. Mm. Uh, so I didn't know just, that. <laughs> <laughs> so now you know. Uh, same. Uh, death, dying alone, being alone. It's definitely in the top ten. Ruggiero, are you going to give us your greatest fear? <laughs> yes, I can oh, share please. that for yeah. sure. Uh, definitely. <laughs> you know, uh, my fear evolved throughout time, you know. Mm. And I had... One of my greatest fears was to be alone. You know, I used to be the shyest guy, you know, in the class. But then things wow. changed, you know. And when you co-op with that loneliness, then fears shift, you know. And I feel like um, one of the biggest fears for me right now is, you know, uh, I, I constantly try and put it behind me so that it pushes me forward. And it's about enjoying life for what it is, you know. And uh, that has helped me a lot to really feel the moment and enjoy life for what it is. It's like projecting a thought onto people. You can't, right? You got to take people for who they are, you know, not for who you want them to be, right? And that's something I really value in myself and in the people around me. And so I want this to happen in the same way with life, you know? Mm. Take life for what it is, you know? And I'm afraid of stepping into a space where I'm not going to take life for what it is, you know? So for me, it's important to be true to myself, to the world around me, to life, 
And I think that the key to that is love, you know, because fear stands on the opposite side of love to me. People say, oh, love is on one side and hatred is on the other side. I don't agree with that. Hatred is a, maybe a deformation of love in some way, but fear, that's what's on the opposite side of love. Mm -hmm. If love is explosion and sharing, you know, it's, it's just reaching out, you know, fear can be very implosive, right? And to me, that's, that's something that, you know, I, I, I like to fight fear with love and I see it all around me in my life. I see genuine acts of kindness. Genuine kindness is what inspires me, you know, and fights that fear, you know. We can make it happen, you know. We're all one and that's the, also the thing that brings us all together over here, talking about something that we love, mm -hmm. right? So, yeah. yeah. Anyways, second question <laughs> of the Bruce questionnaire. Let's do it, let's do it, let's do it, let's do it. What is your current state of mind? Oh, God. My current state of mind is about growth and evolving. Kind of like what you said, I'm currently in a place where I'm trying to face my fears. And if I can turn them into love, that's amazing. That's yeah. that's the thing. That's the that's the key. Mm. You know, it's so easy to take suffering and and let it flow as more suffering. But the real heroes are the ones who can truly transform transform that suffering and and that fear into love, right? That's the real thing right there. That that's the real. And that will lead us to the next question of Bruce Questionnaire. But first, I want to hear from Laurel. <laughs> Uh, my state of mind right now, um, mostly because it's festival season, is I'm super stressed out, but that's <laughs> normal. Um, it's always like the month before the festival, even two months before the festival, is always very overwhelming because there's literally an infinite amount of work to do. Um, and you kind of have to make sure you're still sleeping and eating and talking to people normally. So <laughs> that's... Uh, that's where I'm at and I'm looking forward to because I know the rest of the year is going to be a lot of change for me I'm switching jobs. I'm moving So it's gonna be I, I know there's lots of making making some moves I, I know that there's things happening after this. that's all <laughs> so. you know this, That's that's life transformation yeah. changing changes transitions and uh, it's yeah. also great that you know uh, things like cinema spectacular still live, mm -hmm. you know and I feel like that consistency has really created trust, mm -hmm. you know, from the community onto the festival, right? And mm -hmm. it creates trust also within yourself, right? Putting the festival up. Yeah. And also, that's why I want to ask you something back to the festival. You mm -hmm. know, what was the craziest year for Cinema Spectacular? And take craziest however you want. Oh, that can be taken so many different ways. Um, that's a good question. It was probably one of the early, earlier years because we've gotten our event has gotten so much like tighter and well-oiled over the years mm -hmm. but the first one was really crazy just because i had no idea what to expect like who would show up what would happen second year was the first time we had opened up submissions to anyone in canada so that was the whole submissions process was crazy um and having um another like a my festival partner on board was crazy and trying to learn how to delegate and you know, which I'm still still learning, managing time. Um, Everybody's still learning that. Everybody. Yeah, yeah, just keep learning, le learning perpetually until I die. Um, yeah, as, a, as a film festival director or curator, what do you look for? In general? In general, in content, <laughs> you know? I, I'm curious to hear mm -hmm. what you look out for, for other filmmakers out there who might be willing to, you know, submit for next year mm -hmm. as well, right? Um, what we look for, um, we, have, um, we have a few rules. And so long as you kind of meet those criteria, we'll definitely watch your movie. Um, it has to be under 15 minutes, made for less than uh, $15,000. 
and it can't be a student project. I think those are only three. Pretty nice. Sure. That's good. I so. like that. The fact that it needs to be done under fifteen thousand dollars. That's a really good. Uh, that's a good uh, guideline. Yeah, for sure. and like for us, it is more about. Um, more about the story and more about the filmmaker. We love when people write us cover letters. People are getting really out of practice <laughs> writing festivals cover letters, but definitely introduce yourself to us because we're not just putting your projects out there. Um, we're putting you out there as well, and we'd love to get to know you, and we'd love to talk with you more. Um, and even if you didn't shoot your project with, like, super crisp lenses on, like, a super expensive camera, you can shoot it on your iPhone. I don't care. Like, we can see those stories come through, no matter what you shoot it on. And I think um, that's why our, our budget point is set low because we want to remain accessible to people that might think their films aren't worth submitting. Like our submission fees are low. If you email us to get a waiver, we'll give it to you. Like we're, we want to be accessible financially and what's the other word I was looking for? That's really well, Financially that and content wise and we just, that delivers it. I, I definitely, I definitely got you right there. And thank you for yeah. sharing that. That's that's really neat. I really mm -hmm. like when you talk about you know we're not putting only your movie out there, but you're we're putting yourself as a filmmaker out there. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I want to ask to Rihanna about the process of creating a space as a filmmaker, creating your own space, creating your own audience, uh, your own audience, right? Um, and that's something that I'd love to hear from you, uh, especially after talking about, you know, how distribution can impact your career and, and all that. I'd love to hear your point of view. Right. Well, I come from a little bit of a different lens because the last few years I've been building a business and just seeing how in order to stay relevant as a business, you need to be innovative. I understand how as a filmmaker, it's the same thing. If you want your work to be seen, especially now, especially as a Canadian filmmaker, I think you have to be innovative and Okay, easier said than done, right? But uh, I think I think it's uh, thinking outside the box that will really get your work seen. Right now, I'm thinking more about online content and um, things like YouTube and just how, how can I get my work seen there and potentially generate a profit through ad revenue or, or something like that. So that's what I'm exploring more of. That's a good point right there, you know? And I guess in, in, at one point we've all thought about that, you know, like, you know, commercials in front of YouTube videos. And at the same time, this is an interesting conversation that I'd like to I'd like to start over here because we still have some time and I want to ask you if you really think that there is a way that we as narrative filmmakers can make a living out of YouTube. Because I see so much content down there is vlogs, right? Or or different type of content, you know, that some somehow flows very quickly as well. You know, many times it's just, you know, you watch it and maybe you forgot about it. And I'm I'm questioning if that's the right place for the filmmakers content. To be is that the right place to be do you think i think it depends on the kind of filmmaking so what i'm looking at right now are these short form documentaries which um, are very popular and i i do believe you could uh, generate revenue from it and potentially even make a living some kinds of documentary or or filmmaking in general no i think the obviously long form probably won't do as well on youtube um and yeah, just certain kinds of content, perhaps like our art house films, that sort of thing. I don't think they'll do well on YouTube. I think that kind of stuff, um, it'll be some sort of other innovative idea that will help you to distribute it and get it seen. Mm -hmm. There you mm -hmm. go. Laura, what do you think about that? Um, for YouTube, I find myself most commonly watching like two to 20 minute documentary things about very random topics. Mm. So I do think there is a place on YouTube, but I also know that YouTube is a very volatile 
place in terms of ad revenue, in terms of what's popular and what's not. And it's really hard to track because YouTube isn't very transparent with those things. Um, I watch a lot of, uh, while I'm working, I watch a Let's, Let's Plays a lot. Just other people playing video games I don't have time to play. <laughs> and um, I heard a lot about the various stages of Adpocalypse when it, quote unquote, when it showed up and everyone's uh, ad revenues tanked. So I think YouTube, while you can make money on it, it's also something very... It's like a weird autonomous umbrella. You don't really know what's going on. I see. I see. You don't like even like the top earners on YouTube don't know what's going on. Oh. So it's very like YouTube's just a very like opaque godlike entity that doesn't give anything <laughs> up. So I guess I don't trust it, but I do like its accessibility. It's free most of the time. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to it's easy to share links with people, so it's very shareable, but it might not be like a good thing to hedge your bets on in terms of you know your only kind of distribution. Hmm. I, I see. I see. So. I see. Well, that's that's again that's the challenge, right? There mm-hmm. is an imbalance in the supply and demand uh, graph, right? Yeah. For us as filmmakers, there's too much content. Yeah, and where do we place it, right? It's always evolving. It's always moving um, with with technology, with different, with copyright laws, with any of that stuff. And it's all kind of fluctuating at different rates. So you really have to feel out what's happening in that moment and go with it. Or get someone who, like partner up with someone who does, is very familiar with those kind of peaks and valleys of online distribution. Yeah. So. Ooh. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. 30 years ago, we didn't even know what online was, man. Oh, my God. Now we're talking about online distribution. What's going to happen in 30 more years, you know? Damn. Who knows? That's crazy. Well, this is a question I wanted to ask you earlier. Who are your heroes in real life? Third question of the Proust questionnaire. Let's do it. Oh, gosh. Um, I keep saying, oh, gosh, all these questions because they're <laughs> making me think about things. Um, for me... Uh, I think I decided at some point last year to take people I don't know off of pedestals because I don't know them. Um, Kind of remove idolization from my life because that's a really easy thing to do. Um, Like, my parents are pretty cool. (laughs) They're both both go-getters. They both um, have supported me so much. my whole my whole family basically um and my partner and um i don't know let's pin that thought i'm gonna pin that thought and think about it some more it's a big question i feel um someone's phone is ringing amazing (laughs) let me take a look around anyways it's gonna stop soon um I, I agree with Laurel. I think it's the slippery slope to idolize people that you don't know well. Um, but I really do appreciate what Laurel did with Cinema Spectacular, actually, because I remember we were in film school and she didn't have a place to screen her film. And I just thought it was so admirable for her to say, okay, how about I organize an entire film festival so this film can get seen? So I think that's the kind of gusto that we need to have as filmmakers to get our stuff seen, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest challenge again. Yeah. Fourth question of the Proust questionnaire. What is it that you most dislike? In we're going to hit that spot and then we're going to go up <laughs> on the brighter side. But what is it that you most dislike? Dairy. Oh. Oh. I'm lactose intolerant. All right. Not my friend. <laughs> 
Laura? I don't know. I don't think about my universal hates very much. Um, uh, I don't... I, <laughs> one of my... Uh, what's bothering me lately? Um, I spend let it out. Of, let it out. I spend a lot of time on Twitter. And you know what? Like, I know Twitter... People, like, blame Twitter for negativity. And I know Twitter is just people. You know, it's... Reality is internet. But, man, Twitter trolls and morons on Twitter really start looking at that at like 11 o'clock at night and then it's like one in the morning and I'm like well <laughs> I now hate myself and everybody <laughs> thanks there you go well so. that leads us to the fifth question of the Proust questionnaire <laughs> what a question right there uh, and the fifth question of the Proust questionnaire is what is your idea of perfect happiness you can take your time for this I think this is a very crucial question to who we are as human beings you no know? such thing yeah, I was, I was going to say no such thing. something's in um, You think so? Oh, interesting. Yeah, I, I feel very strongly. No, no such thing, but I think perhaps peace would be full acceptance, like you were saying, of any situation that comes your way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whatever that might look like. <laughs> That's really neat. What about you, Laura? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm much the same. It's like if you were happy all the time, you wouldn't particularly know what happiness is. You wouldn't have those highlights. You wouldn't have memories because everything would be very like monotone everything's happy all the time good point. there's no kind of distinguishing features in your life but when you do have those peaks and valleys even though sometimes they're very devastating and it's hard um, no one doesn't have those peaks and valleys whether they're a very positive person or a negative person like you still have the world exists outside of yourself you don't exist in a vacuum um and life's unpredictable in that way so, interesting because yeah. it seems like uh it's very easy to confuse happiness with joy Mm. right what's your take on mm. that isn't that something that's tasty to me these questions mm. are so tasty yeah where'd you get these questions <laughs> <laughs> okay so what's the difference between happiness and well, joy well, it's is easy that the to, question well i feel like it's easy to confuse the two right and that's and that's why you know many people seek happiness but in reality they're seeking joy right it feels like happiness is a choice if we want it you know and, and it's it's just a mechanism to unlock, right? It's a matter of appreciation and, and gratefulness, even for the fact that we're alive, right? Hmm. I think I associate the word joy more with um, like so, like euphoria, like something be I, yeah, something that is beyond happiness. But I think it, this is a bit of a word association exercise with like what we like a word cloud of what we associate with happiness and what we associate with joy. Um, I think there'll be some, like, from person to person, you'll have some commonalities and you'll have some differing opinions. I think happiness is a function of the mind. I think that joy is what you experience when you're truly present. Okay, interesting. I like those definitions. That's uh, that's quite a a (laughs) definition right there. And that's the beauty of it, right? We can, we can, we all have our own definitions and and that's the way we approach life, right? Mm Life can be whatever you want it to be, right? And and same thing is is for arts, for films. Films are whatever you want it to be. It can be a challenge, can be a hobby, can be the career, can be anything, right? So if we if in one word you could describe what film is to you, what is that word? The, the first word that came to me was love. I feel like that's super cheesy, though. No, I, um, I can I resonate film, with that. So. I can resonate with that for sure. I love it. And it's maybe because we've said this word like a dozen times in the last two minutes, but maybe joy? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. 
Nice, being sometimes, in the moment. Sometimes. Well, this is uh, really exciting because we sort of have to wrap this whole burrito up. We gotta wrap it up <laughs> and we gotta make it happen. Um, we're at the end of the episode. Uh, I wanna ask you if you can uh, share the dates uh, of Cinema Spectacular once more for everybody one, who's listening out there. Once more. Um, Cinema Spectacular 6 is on Sunday, March 24th at 3 p.m. at the Van City Theater. It's gonna be a lot of fun. It's gonna be a bit of live music. It's going to be great uh, short films, great raffle prizes. We have a bunch of filmmakers in attendance. Um, and we have a, a great after party that's really nice to chill out afterwards. Amazing. So. Amplifying the voices of Canadian filmmakers and Canadian content. Mm -hmm. Ain't that amazing? Ain't that amazing? Amazing. Rihanna, <laughs> Laurel, any last wishes before we make it happen? Not from me, but thank you so much for having us, Rogero. A pleasure. Thank you for, for yes. thank you very much for joining and, and coming here and talking about your own careers, your own journeys, and, and opening up. You know, it's uh, it takes courage to open up and talk. You mm -hmm. know, and that's something that I really, really appreciate. And uh, I guess the listeners are appreciating too. You know, because there's a lot of inspiration that can be fished throughout the episode here. And so, thank you for much for joining here. Um, that being said, you know, I the I. You know, I pinned that thought out there. Next Thursday, 11 a.m. here on Cop Radio 100.5 FM, Room Tone, the radio show. We're going to be talking more movies, and uh, we're entering spring. You know, we're entering spring, oh, so it's, uh, it's, we're pretty much right there, you know? We're pretty much right there. Changes, transitions, let's make it happen. Now, Laurel chose the soundtrack of the, the Life Aquatic, and so I couldn't, I couldn't stop myself from playing uh, this amazing artist. You probably all have heard about him before, uh, Seo Jorge. So this is his version of Rebel Rebel. Everybody, enjoy.